Keep it in. Keep it in. Fucking do no. Okay. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. All right. Uh, Matt's not here and everything's gone to shit. <laughs> you know, now, now I'm like tempted to keep this all in, but just based on all the noise you're making over there, probably not. Yeah. I might, I might start it and go, oh no, my pop filter's not in. Do. That would be Dude. good. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what we got. All right. We just gotta make sure to keep an eye on the computer this whole time. Yeah. This fucking thing won't <laughs> cooperate with me. You got, you gotta tighten it on that end too, like this part. This part. Yeah. How do I do that? You gotta twist it in either to the so that it's tight. Oh, there we yeah. go. Now yep. it's tight. All right. Are you ready? Yep, let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SideQuest Podcast. My name is Luke. And I'm BJ. And we've got no Matt today. Yep, Matt. He uh, he took the fall for Luke. Luke killed the patriarch. And Matt took the fall and went to prison for 10 years. So uh, I'm now the, for whatever reason, I'm now been labeled the head of the Lydican family. Um... I don't want this role. Can I, am I allowed to hand this off? No, you gotta Fuck. wait. You gotta stay, you gotta stay in your ground for 10 years until the, the dragon of Zion comes back. Is <laughs> <laughs> he wearing red pants to match his heat aura? Well, um, anyway, since Matt's not here, uh, I figured I just let BJ have this podcast. So BJ, if you want, you can go off. If you want to give your full, unfiltered, uninterrupted thoughts about Dune out of the way, go right ahead. You have no one to stop you. All right. This is going to be a three-part episode. <laughs> Could you imagine we just released that for like an April Fool's Day <laughs> joke? Is you, it's, it's you reading Dune as an audiobook. <laughs> that would be great, actually. Uh, that's the Patreon exclusive for the Patreon that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, we got a lot of shit coming for that Patreon that <laughs> will probably never exist. No, well, the thing is, we just need to have a stable set of listeners that are willing to pay for it, right? Because, well, can we put up a Patreon and just like, because I guess do we have to pay Patreon, or if if, if we make I, money? I don't know. I I want us to set up a uh, a coffee, which is basically like people can just donate to you sporadically, which I think would be better because then. If if people want that, we can just send them audio files that are like, okay, well, here's the lost episode. Here, here's the one episode where it was it was all of us plus Tyler and Kevin. Yeah, we got to do some more shit like that. Even if we didn't release that one, that one was super fun. Yeah, I'm glad that we have that just for us. <laughs> Speaking of uh, podcast episodes, uh, the last week's episode, uh, you guys, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. We were with uh, it's our boy. Was it uh, the Pat? What I call it the the passion of games. Yeah. It was but, uh, such a great episode after we haven't been on the podcast since then, but after we ended that like call with Jack, we were all just like, fuck yeah, that was so great. That was such a good moment for all three of us to share. We were, we were probably the most hype. I think we've been, which is going to be ironic. Cause I still think our number one listen podcast is, uh, Ken Conagy can body ash catch him. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to change much. Yeah, but like immediately after we were all so hype, we were all very drunk, and Matt thought that it only recorded thirty minutes, and we were standing there 
because we stopped recording at one point and started recording again after that. And Matt kept like downloading the same file, and he was like, "Oh my god, it's thirty minutes." And then Luke was like, "Well, you have you tried?" And then Matt goes, "No, no, no, shh," because he was so like nervous. And then he prayed. Like, yeah, he stopped. He, he took his hands off the keyboard, and he was like, "Please, God, let this work, please." Like, it, and it wasn't even just like a normal like, "Please, God." He literally went like, "Dear Lord, please, I, I pray." Like he was like full on. Like this was a legitimate prayer from his heart. And I was like, I've never seen Matt that like. Like intense. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it was such a crazy night. It was good though. Like honestly, and I know this is gonna now that it's after the fact that we haven't fucked the episode up. I feel like even if we did, I think just the idea that like, because to me, I was riding off the high that like we can do this. Like this could be a thing we do for the future. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, I was riding off a different high I think than you guys. No, I mean I we were all feeling the same stuff. It's just like we were all hype about doing it. And then we were all just like, we could continue doing this and make it into a career kind of thing. Yeah. So we were all just hype on everything. It was probably, yeah, it was definitely the most fun I've had. Like I, so when I get like hype, right, I start moving my arms more. I, I like get out of breath easier. And then like, I start sweating. <laughs> all of that happened on that podcast. Like I was getting into it. Cause like, I'm the type where like, I will feed off someone else's like energy. Yeah. And Jack brought that energy. He had a lot of good energy, and I'm so glad that we had him on. I I really can't wait to have him on again, honestly. Hopefully. We'll see what we can do for the 100th, but I, I want to get as many people on as we can. Yeah, I definitely want to get some clips from him, Joey, maybe Landon, if Landon ever stops working and has you, two minutes of Did you of see time. what he's doing now? He's no. working on a Star Wars fan film. What the fuck? Yeah. Because uh, uh, I was one of those, you know, you scroll on Instagram, it's like, oh, here's recommended accounts to follow. And it was like, followed by Landon and his girlfriend. I was like, okay, whatever. Well, if you need a Jabba the Hutt character, hit me up, brother. <laughs> but if it, glows, if it goes the way of Wardcliffe, don't hit me up. <laughs> I actually, I'm kind of upset about that because I was actually vibing with the, what, what came out. I was like, yo, I really like what, what he was showing. And obviously, it wasn't just Landon. That was like a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And so I clearly was like, all right. I enjoyed it from what I actually was able to listen to. I think if he ever wants to, just try to find an artist and just do that as a comic. Yeah, that would be that great. That actually might be a really good webtoon. Yeah, honestly. That would make a lot of uh, doubloons or whatever the fuck they call their <laughs> currency. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking, of we- speaking of webtoons... Uh, this is off topic and I'm not going to talk about it in the what we've been playing or doing section but the Red Hood and the Outlaws webtoon is actually really fun so like if if you are at all remotely interested in like Bat Family shit go read that it's good Bizarro has his funny cowboy hat and I love him to death hold on I'm getting a call from Texas maybe this is Tyler oh boy hello Uh, I didn't do it. <laughs> what? The federal backpack what? The federal back tax evasion oh. unit. <laughs> oh. I heard backpack and I'm like, what? Okay, well, I... I, love, I didn't do it. Well, you didn't commit credit card fraud all those years ago for those Batman skins. Don't so. give them that piece of evidence against me. Hey, you, you said it on the internet way before this episode. Yeah, but they won't go all the way back. Fair. It's the feder- I thought I heard federal backpack and I'm like what is that? Like is it a backpacking group? Why do they want BJ? What'd you do? Apparently I evaded taxes, <laughs> which is untrue. <laughs> well, 
What have you been playing? Well, uh, before this podcast started, the Steam Autumn Sale started uh, roughly six hours ago, and I just realized that it had started when we sat down to record. So I immediately spent $150 on games. I have never seen someone gaslight themselves so quickly into going, I, I got about $100 in cash in my pocket right now. I could spend about 200 Like, yeah. and, and it was an immediate, like, yeah, that's what I'll do. And just went with it. I was like, damn, there was no hesitation. There was, like, nothing, like, stopping you. You just went with, yeah, I could spend about 200 Well, the only thing after this that I need to buy for the week is gas. Fair. And occasionally if i want to eat out like and i'll still have a hundred bucks in cash that i haven't spent so fair enough but what i bought was battle block theater my sister loves that game that game's goaded honestly i I love that game I, I, i used to watch her play it all the time and um, I didn't realize until she started, because I'd seen like pictures of it online before, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Stamper voiced that whole fucking game. And I was like, I need to play this. Isn't it co-op, right? Uh, yeah. Can be? Yeah. It is. And uh, it, it looks really fun, and I love platformers, so obviously I had to get that. It was three bucks. That was, that was the one that I'm like, yeah, this one makes sense. It would be stupid not to buy that. Yeah. It's like the Shonen Jump thing. Like, if I can't afford that, just fucking kill me. <laughs> But uh, I got that. I got Final Fantasy VII Integrade. I had played Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I've never played Integrade, and it is uh, perfect on Steam Deck according to the users. So I'm very excited to play that. I got Cyberpunk. It was half off, and that's one of the games that I was very looking forward to for like buying for this console specifically. Um, shit, what else did I get? Biomutant. Biomutant, which for twenty bucks, yeah. Yeah, a buddy of mine has been super into it, and he was like, you should give it a try. I think you'd really enjoy it. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll buy it and try it out. 20 bucks, not bad. And then... Uh, judgment. I bought Judgment for the third time, and this time I physically can't sell it. And now that I'm emotionally invested in RGG Studios, I will definitely play the fuck out of it for 200 hours. Now that... Now that so I don't think... I don't think this one's on the Steam, the Fist of the North Star game, but... Um, I think it is the, oh, is the it? Sega one, the open world one, made by RGG Studios. Uh, yeah, I think it yeah, is actually. Okay, never mind then. I was gonna say that one is super fun too because there is a a skin mod that just lets you play as Kiryu. Hell yeah! And it it is the and granted, I I think he still acts like uh, the main character of Fist, but seeing Kiryu do shit is like, oh, this is great. But it, it's it's an RGG Studios game through and through. Like it's not like. Oh, they tried to do something. No, this is just like, here's your same combos, same shit. Now you have finishing moves because he does like the finger point and it kills people. So like, all right, sick. And then there's mini games. There's the whole, it's the whole nine yards. I just looked it up and it's not on Steam. Oh, shit. But I can still get it. <laughs> like I, I was telling Luke, I just downloaded uh, Yakuza Dead Souls to play on the Steam Deck. That is, I think, the, that one in the PSP games. Oh, there's PSP games? Yeah, it's uh, Yakuza Black Panther. Oh, shit. Um, apparently, they're fucking awesome. Well, uh, but no I'll, one... I'll put those on my Vita tonight. Well, this, I, you, you'll have to mod in the fan translation, I think. That's easy work for me now. Okay, yeah. Um, if you do, yeah, let me know how those go, if you ever play those, because I've only seen gameplay and it looks bad. But it's PSP games, so who knows? Yeah, most PSP games look bad. Yeah, so I, I would definitely love to see like how they actually play and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, uh, I bought all that shit, and uh, 
as for what I've actually been playing instead of just spending money on, I uh, I finished Yakuza Kiwami. I, as you all know, I played Zero. Matt and Carmen are currently playing Zero. And I was like, this is the best fucking game <laughs> Sega's put out in the past 20 years. And then I played Kiwami. And then it was fucking incredible. I felt oh. like it was kind of a good like segue from Zero's story and characters to the rest of the series. Um, Kiryu lost fucking everything. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I want to spoil too much, because I know Matt's probably going to listen to this episode. But, uh, no, Kiwami, again, it's why I was like, all right, play Zero first. Anytime I've told people about Yakuza, it's play Zero first. I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's it's one of the things, because e- even if you were to go now and play Like a Dragon, and then go to 8, it's like, okay, cool, but you're, you're still going to miss some things. Because certain characters are still around, certain things happen, and it's like, oh, you won't get the payoffs. Like yeah. I like, it's gonna be a while when you get to like a dragon. I'm I'm so hyped to well, hear you like. Freak from out. how things are going, it'll be like a month. <laughs> I uh oh man, like <sighs> Kiwami. I remember playing it for the first time, and I didn't see the twist coming, even though it was so fucking obvious. I was just like, no, yeah, it's just two sisters. Yeah, and then you get to the end, and you go. Oh, I'm stupid. I didn't see it coming until like maybe a chapter before, which is usually how it goes. Well, for the two games that I've played so far with Yakuza twists. Yakuza tends to do that. They kind of like start to really highlight They sprinkle the, the breadcrumbs for you to figure it out before they do the big reveal, and I really like that. They do the, the mystery aspect very well. Not unless you watch the intros. <laughs> yeah. I'd... Skip, which thankfully 2 doesn't have one. Yeah, 2 doesn't have one, which was nice. I'm, I'm, I'm glad because I that. feel like 2 would have like spoiled some major shit three three's intro spoils the main villain because like when you play the game you're like who is the main guy like you don't know and then you play till the end you're like okay got it but if you but if you they like show the two people squaring off on top of a helipad and you're like okay so clearly that guy's gonna be a a guy i fight and then you play the whole game you're like is it is is that the one who's gonna be the end Speaking of helipads, Matt, fast forward like five minutes. I'm going to spoil some shit right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, Sorry, Matt. The ending of Kiwami was so fucking tight where Kiryu goes up to the top of Millennium Tower. You know, it's like it's cathartic because it's the the empty lot that they fought so hard over. He's at the top. Kazuma's dead. He fucking died to get Kiryu the will of Sarah. And then they go up and, and they're like talking to this politician and find uh, out the politician was the guy who's been trying to marry or who was married to to Yumi. to Yumi and Kiryu's got this girl that he's essentially adopted as his daughter and the Haruka. love of his life at this point and uh the love of his life is like all right I got this fucking bomb me and Harker are walking out of here and you're going to let us go or we're going to blow all of you up and then he's like well shit I guess you got to go but Kiryu has to stay I'm going to fuck with Kiryu and then Kiryu stands there. He's surrounded by these Black Ops motherfuckers. He whips out the will, opens it up, and he's like, I am the fourth chairman of the Tojo clan. How fucking hype did you get? I fucking was... Dude, I had chills. It was... that. I, oh God, that moment was so fucking cool. I... The, the day before I got to that point, I sent Matt and Luke a text message that was like, Kazuma Kiryu is the best video game character that's ever existed, and he deserves to be in Smash more than a Everyone. lot of the people that are already in Smash. Like, fuck Jin from Tekken. Put Kiryu in there. Honest, I think the only reason is because at least the... the 
forget his name, but the original creator who now left was that Kiryu can't hit women. That's has been his big thing is Kiryu cannot hit a woman. But <laughs> even though he he kind of smacks Haruka like aside, beside the head once. Yeah, and then uh, the games, he uh, he fights a lot of people that look like women. But hey, we don't know. <laughs> but they always give them male voice actors. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Goromi. Uh, <laughs> if I was Kiryu, I probably would have smashed. Did you get to the zombie one? Yeah, I fought. <laughs> uh, fucking riot! I really like the first segment of that, where you're fighting all the zombies and running through the streets like you do in Zero, and then you fight Zombie Majima, and then he shows up again later. And then uh, I really loved going to the club, and Majima's there in the 24-hour Cinderella costume. <laughs> And he's like, let's have a breaker battle, man. These young kids don't know what that's about. And uh, That one was actually so cool to me because I'm like, yes, he still got it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I've, it's been in my closet. I just needed to take it out every once in a while. But um, I've actually, I found that costume on a cosplay website Ooh, for $150. And you can send in your measurements. So I'm thinking I might have to cop that shit <laughs> for our... Uh, our karaoke celebration for the hundredth episode or whatever we do. Uh, we'll get back to Kwame in a second, but off off topic. When you play Kwame two, there's gonna be multiple times where it tells you you've unlocked a side story for Majima. Go, you can go play it now. Wait till the end of the game to, to play, play all the Majima all stuff. All of it in one row because it's not long. It's like it's like a small chapter. Okay, but wait till the end and run through it all as one consecutive thing. Um, because it 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 is. Oh. The perfect bow to wrap up his saga from zero. Okay. That's that's one thing that I really noticed about Kwame 2 so far. It's more like it's the perfect sequel to zero and one in a way. Hmm? Like the game starts off and you're back in like Club Asia in the 80s. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like Yakuza Zero time. And then some shit pops off there, which I kind of have a, a hunch about where it's going. I think that the baby is uh, the detective, the detect, the sexy detective lady that gets oh. shot. I was like, because I'm thinking of like, I'm like, Date? I'm like, no. And well, I, <laughs> that was my first impression was I saw the guy with the gun like going through and then Kazuma shoots that guy. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's Kazuma. And is that Date like trailing him? Does he have a secret that he's been meaning to tell Kiryu? It's not Date. Um, but you're, you're, you're going to see a lot of, uh, that flashback comes back multiple times in this game. Good. Um, and you don't see the real flashback until I think Kiryu talks about it. And then one other guy says something and it's like, oh shit. Okay. So that's what happened. Okay. Cause it's, it's a lot of times is the flashback from this person's perspective. And then finally it was someone go, this is what happened. Yeah. Like, cool. Uh, but that, um, I, I actually don't remember uh, who the child was. Well, it, you could be right, and uh, you could be wrong. I actually don't remember. I. It, it seems like they're no, very... No, I do, I do remember. I'm not going to tell you who, but I do remember who it is. It was okay. Goro Majima. <laughs> it was, this this uh, whole game is just Majima's origin story. <laughs> that would be fucking tight. But, um... No, that's, uh, you'll get that later. I love that, uh... The, all the characters in this one are just fucking fire. Uh, Matt, it's going to be more than five minutes. Yeah. I, I, didn't <laughs> Sorry. Ex- I didn't expect Daigo to ever come back ever. 
but here he is, and he's a mainstay in this game. Dojima's wife is a bad bitch. There, okay, so there's a character who he's the the current patriarch of the Nishiki family. Uh, total bitch, absolute bitch made, just like his his. Well, if he wants to be in the Nishiki family, you got to be a pussy to get in. But here's the thing. There's one thing this man loves more than money and the Yakuza life and anything, and that's MILFs, my guy. And I remember playing the game and fighting his boss fight and going, look, man, I can't hate. I can't hate. Game recognized game type shit. I was like, I get it, man. Don't go about it this way, but I get it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, God, dude, she's a badass. Daigo is probably the best. Like, he's, at least in this game, he's the Nero of, like, total shit kid. Yeah, who, that's, like, that's the definite vibe that I'm getting. Who, like, Kiryu is the Dante, too, and is like, all right, wise up. Get your shit together. And they Set- did a, a really good job of setting up their relationship in Zero with that side story. Yep. Sadly, though, no, uh, da- Daigo is never playable, which I wish he would have been at some point, but... That would have made sense to me. He is, he is a, he's a mainstay from, like, this point forward. Good, because I, I really like him so far. Um, I, I told Luke before... Big-ass we- marshmallow jacket, too. Yeah, he's wearing, <laughs> like, the fucking, uh, UK beat jacket or whatever. <laughs> so funny. And the big cross chain, he looks like fucking, uh... What's his name from Fast and Furious? Dom Toretto. <laughs> the Japanese Dom Toretto. Dominique Toretto. <laughs> I told Luke before we started this, there's a cutscene. You actually get to go back to Sotenbori in this game. And that blew my fucking mind because it looks absolutely beautiful. The water physics in this game, everything about it is a, a huge step up from the previous. Get to go back to the grand. Yeah, and that that blew my fucking mind, too. I was like, oh, is somebody going to mention Majima? And no, they don't. But, uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense, because if you go into a GameStop today, no one's going to mention the GameStop manager from 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. But um, I will say, though, you once you once you get to it, doing the, the cabaret minigame in this one... Oh boy, does it bring some characters back? Oh boy! And I, I when I played it, and I was like, "It's you!" I was so hyped, bro. I can't wait for that. I've already started unlocking skills for cabaret because I've been like doing so much side shit. I found every locker key in Sotenbori, by the way. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Every single key before I even went to the grand. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not kidding you at all. Dog. And uh, the grand, that moment, that cutscene where Kiryu's like, all right, I need to get into the VIP to see what's going on with the Omi Alliance. Um, don't listen to this, Matt. Keep skipping. Uh, <laughs> Matt, get- I'm, I'm going to text Matt like at some point. Just be like, hey, man. like, Give him a timestamp. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him like once... I'm going to text him like, hey, just by the way. <laughs> once we say the word Yakuza, don't listen for 30 minutes. <laughs> But um, Kiryu gets up there. He's Daigo came with him to Osaka to like deliver the the letter of peace to the Omi. He, Daigo's got a score to settle with this motherfucker that set him up five years ago, sent him to prison. And um, Kiryu goes up and he's talking to one of the cabaret girls and he's trying to like get some info out of her. And she's like, "Don't fucking look over at those guys. They're really scary yakuza types." And then, which is kind of ironic because she's sitting with Kazuma fucking Kiryu. And uh, they start, like... We, we've already established 
Kiryu is like the most wholesome looking guy because how many people still come up to him all the time and go, hey, bitch, what's up? And he's like, you don't want to do this, man. Yeah. Like, he, I feel like just, he looks badass, obviously, because he has to be. But the aura he gives he's off. He's just got is resting tight. bitch face he's, is he, the problem. The, well, the aura he gives off is tired dad. And I think that's the most optimal, like, yeah, that's Kiryu. Speaking of which, at the beginning of this game, his relationship with Haruka is so fucking sweet. And I can't wait to see more of them together. Man, just wait for fucking Yakuza 3, my guy. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's all. That I will get into that. But that's been the entire first fucking few chapters. Because I think she's in Dead Souls 2. It's yeah. like, because it goes 4 and then timeline splits to Dead Souls. So clearly I would say wait for Dead Souls to get to the point. Because Dead Souls calls back to 4, 3, 2, and 1. In like little callbacks, mm-hmm. especially because there's a character that I you will meet, either you've already met or you will meet, who is in Dead Souls and is playable. So nice. yeah, you you have to you have to play through four at least before you get to Dead Souls. Okay, but that cutscene, he's Ryuji's up there drinking with his bros. They're like, get us some more bitches, and then the one of his subordinates tells the manager of the Grand, who is a total pussy and a downgrade from Majima, which every man yeah. is a downgrade from Majima. But he goes, don't you know who he is? He's the dragon of Kansai. And I was like, I have to kill you. And uh, they start freaking out. All the other subordinates are like, sit the fuck down. You need to apologize right now. And he's like, what did I say? And then Ryuji's like filling his cup up with whiskey and it's overflowing. And he's like, do you remember what you said yet? And he's like, I'm sorry, and then he smashes a bottle over his fucking head, and he's like bleeding out on the ground, and then Kiryu's like, he called you the dragon of Kansai from across the room, and I'm like, oh, get his ass! (laughs) So you get up, you kill his fucking subordinates, you throw him over the thing, you're killing him with Ottomans and shit. I love, I think, isn't that where they teach you? By the way, you can use your awareness to throw people, like, and, like, do this. And so you can just throw them off the fucking... I've thrown so many people in the fucking Osaka dude, Bay. Dude, Oh, my... God. Like, anytime I'm, like, I'm running, I'm like, I don't want to fucking deal with you. Just... Yeet. It's literally, like, one after the other, just, like, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Get them out. To the Coliseum with you. <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll meet someone down there if you can swim fast <laughs> enough. But, yeah, it's, it's fucking incredible. They go to the Omi Alliance... Um, they're like, listen, man, we don't want to do this shit either. Please give us that peace letter. We'll make an alliance right now. And then Ryuji's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to kill all of you, including my own father, just to start a war. And then Daigo is like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then Kiryu's like, all right, well, I'm going to go save the, the Omi Alliance head now. He goes outside. He he ends up rescuing him. Daigo comes back and he's like, Ryuji's a fucking beast, man. You don't want to fight him. And he falls over. And then Ryuji comes outside, and this feels like one of those moments where it would have been a rip-off-the-shirt kind of thing, but it's very early in the game, so I see why they didn't. But he comes outside, and he's like, all right, I'm going to be the only dragon. And I'm like, I've already done this once, motherfucker. There can only be one dragon. It's fucking me. And then you get what is, in my opinion, the best, like, just only use, like, once or twice boss fight in Bad Fortune Flower. Like, the, the fucking... Like, that song is so sick. Yeah. And I'm like, God, yes, dude. The music in this one is very incredible. Kiwami 1 was good, but it wasn't quite on the same level of Zero. Kiwami 1s were just pretty much remixes, in which 2s are as well, but they went... Because 
Yakuza, Kiwami 2, I think, I believe came out after 6 for sure, and I think after Judgment, I could be wrong, but I know that it was those three games as the Dragon Engine, so they've had time to really, like, get their bearings, and so by the time 2 comes out, soundtrack is heat. It's stellar. Everything is phenomenal. I've, like... <clears throat> the fucking the fight music in Sodenbori with the fucking piano and shit. Oh, it's so good. The fucking jazz. Oh, the horns, dog. Speaking of which, the only two things that I've asked of my parents for Christmas is I want a new turntable for my records and the Yakuza Zero soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> you know, there's two. It's A and B. Yeah, it's, and it's B. two discs. One oh, so is got, okay. Side A, side B. Yeah, it. it's it just came out on like the 18th. This Ooh. new version. And I'm very hyped for it. I hope that I can find some other Yakuza soundtracks that way. Zero. So one thing I love about Zero soundtrack, at least the one on Spotify, and I'm assuming it's the same one. Side A is pretty much all story shit. And then side B is the extra shit. So that's where all the karaoke songs are. That's where like... Fuck yeah, that's what I want. Side B is going to be playing in this house every day in a couple of weeks. <laughs> side side B, so I love that because I think you go through the Kiryu ones, you're like, all right, sick, Bakemitai... Judgment, you get Nishiki's version of Judgment, like sick, and then it gets to all the girls and their songs, and I'm like, hell, hell yeah, Sunflower, Sunflower or Sunflower's good, uh, Heartbreak Mermaid. That's another thing about two. Uh, I just walking around the city because I was like, I can go in every fucking building here, and walking through bars and everything, they remix and do like instrumental versions of like Bakemitai and everything for uh, like bar music and stuff, and I was like, that's so cool. It's it's such a fucking good series, and I can't wait to like catch up. <laughs> I thankfully you you have time because like Ishin is like Ish, we got Ishin's Ishin a next, side game, which I'm still gonna like drop everything and play. Yeah, me but, too, uh, obviously. And then Gaiden, whenever that comes out, I think it's gonna. I think it's is it Gaiden? Is it Ishin Gaiden and Eight? I think is what the timeline is. I believe it for the release. I think it well, might for the release be. Timeline. I think it might be Ishin 8 and then Gaiden, but I Gaiden, could be wrong. Gaiden's the side story between 6 and 7, Yeah, and then what leads to 8. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just thinking of a moment in like in Yakuza. I'm like, yeah, God, I can't wait to hear your reaction to that. But um, they uh, Ishin is going to be fun because I'm going to get more out of it than you just because I know all the characters. And like who, like I know who their like the facial captures are, which you're gonna get out of it because they brought back the zero, the zero fucking Kuze. I I I just want to rephrase this because this is always my favorite thing: is that Yakuza is a trans ally because he had a trans girl give him head, and he goes, "Damn, that was fire." I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) He literally was like, she gave him head, and he goes, "Damn, that was pretty fire." You know, maybe y'all do deserve rights. (laughs) He's nothing if not a man that will listen to reason. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, if anything, what a way to, what a way to become a trans ally, huh? Yeah, I uh, Taylor right now, Recycle Can, the artist of our, you know, podcast art and everything, is currently in Japan visiting her brother, and she's been sending us a ton of pictures, and everything she sends, I'm like, is that a Yakuza reference? <laughs> Like, she sent us a picture of an actual UFO catcher, and I freaked the fuck out. Even though, like, I didn't know what was in the machine. I was like, oh my god, UFO catcher, Goro Majima, Yakuza. And they were like, fucking calm down. And I was like, if you find any Yakuza merch, please, please buy it for me. 
I, I love, I just love that, like, you're now, like, this into it. Because, yeah, once you become a Yakuza fan, you don't shut the fuck up about it. You don't get to leave the Yakuza. No. <laughs> it's, yeah, you're in for life. Uh, I, I cannot wait for you to play Judgment, because Judgment is... Well, I've bu- I own it now. <clears throat> yeah. And honestly, that one, I think, would be a fun one to do, like, a stopgap of just, like, all right, I'm kind of, I'm burning out on Kiryu. Let me add some detective shit I think to this. that'll probably be, like, my break between five and six, because I know it's going to be a big jump in quality again. Because it went, it went, at least release-wise, it went five, zero, Kiwami, six. Yeah. So, yeah, six was the first game they did in the Dragon Engine, which is what you're experiencing now. And, god dang it, is it a great engine. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I've circled back around to the point where I can't wait to get to Yakuza 6. How 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 far the circle has come, huh? Yeah. It's a fucking Ouroboros. Now, this next time, are you going to still break out those whiskey glasses, but this time slowly sip it while you're ingesting the content and the I th- lore? I think so, and I think... I think I might have, like, a thing where I start it up with you and Matt, maybe... And like, cause I want to bring out those glasses and I want to get a bottle of my favorite Japanese whiskey, which is Akashi white Oak. Ooh. It's like really nice and smoky. I feel like I've bought that in a cruising game before. <laughs> I mean, they have like actual alcohol brands and they give you the history and everything. I, the, the amount of detail and like the fact that these games are yearly for a while is baffling. To it's me. insane. Make RGG make the next Sonic. Make them make the next fucking Pokemon game. <laughs> Give RGG everything. Make them the map of Game Studios. <laughs> dude, I'm just... Dude, they can't miss. Like, they have not missed for These me. These motherfuckers don't miss. Get RGG to remake Shinmu. That's what we need. If you get RGG to See, do Shinmu and take out all the dog shit, it would be top ten well, games. So here's the thing. They don't need to because Yakuza's just better Shinmu. So, like... Facts. You have all the mundane activities that you can do, like darts and all the other shit. Go bowling, do shit. Just now that you want to do those, instead of, let me clean this deck for an hour. Yeah, because I have to waste time. No, Yakuza, well, they give you points where, well, now you can wait because someone has to call, and now's the perfect time to do some side stories. Go, like, say, fuck it, I want to get the high score in this baseball minigame. Speaking of which, I, I was playing through Kiwami... And there were multiple points in the story where Kiryu was like, I have to hurry to this place or someone's going to die. Like, there was this point where it's like, you have to follow Shinji and Reina because they're the both way, bleeding out. By the way, fuck Reina. All my homies Reina's hate Reina. Reina the rat. <laughs> and Nishiki the little pussy bitch boy. He died how he lived, being a pussy. Hey, I, I actually, I, I kind of came back around on Nishiki at the end because it's I like, didn't. Well, for me, it was, it was, it came down of like, Playing Zero for sure was needed where it's like, all right, you had this brother mentality. And then I love that something that Kiwami added was all of the cutscenes with Nishiki. That was not in the original. I, I did enjoy those cutscenes because it did add a lot of context. But also, he never apologized to Kiryu. He was fucking trying to beat the shit out of him until the very end. It was because that's the thing is what got me through the entirety of even Zero. Everyone saying, ah, oh, but Kiryu, though. Like, yeah, Nishiki's fine, but what about Kiryu? Yeah. And then you go to Yakuza 1, and you get all of those scenes where, okay, he gets uh, scammed out of his sister's surgery. Everyone's saying, yo, Kiryu would have done it this way. All this shit. And then when he finally kills that fucker who was, like, stepping all over him, I was like, 
go you. Honestly, I'm on Team Nishi at this point. And then like then he comes back to being a bitch on my end. I'm like, well, fuck you. My my biggest thing that made Nishiki irredeemable for me was the day that he meets Kiryu at Serena. And he's like, yeah, sorry, I never visited you. It didn't really fall into my schedule. And I was like, fuck you. Your brother was in prison for 10 years and you didn't say a single word to him. You know who did visit Kazuma in prison? Fucking Shinji. Shinji was the Shinji's goat. the boy. Shinji needs to be like the Dude, god of Ishin when, he, when that when, comes out. When he fucking died, I, I actually cried. I was legitimately upset. Reina died. I'm like, fuck you, you rat. Yeah. Nishiki died. I was like, I'm more sad for Kiryu than I am about his death. Yumi died, got me. But like, I was like, hey, he still got Haruka. But Shinji? My boy didn't deserve that. My boy deserved to live a healthy life, grow up, get get his girl from Soapland. God dang it. Shinji literally lived and died to help his friend. And that was, God, what a good fucking character. Dude. By the way, that Soapland where Majima's the boss fighting that, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, Majima's faked his own death five times within the last game just for dramatic effect. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Kwame 2, fire. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. Um, I also played a little bit more Brutal Legend. By the text, Matt, hey, by the way, don't listen to this podcast for like 35 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, Brutal Legend, still a great game. Big shape of who I am as a child and continues to this day um got that on sale for like two bucks uh and then Code Vein was on sale recently for the Bandai Namco sale and that's one of my favorite games um if you're interested in getting into like the souls type of stuff start with Code Vein because it's the best way to introduce you to that combat and it's it's it can be handholdy if you want it to but you can also just go at it solo and just, you know, do the thing there. It's a very good starting point for Souls. I think Code Vein, Jedi Fallen Order, definitely really good ones of that just because of how uh, Code Vein, at least being kind of, it is easier. But Jedi Fallen Order having a difficulty option yeah, to kind of get used to it. And I mean, Code Vein has it too, but it's more in like, okay, do you want to bring out a partner with you constantly? So it, it has some options there that make it a little bit easier if you're new. But um, the biggest thing about Code Vein is just the fucking steez. Like the story, the aesthetics. I can't wait The aesthetic until... is very much your up your alley. Yeah. Because I remember playing it and I'm like, dude, can you just give me some basic ass shit? Why is everything gothic? It's up fucking, to the fucking cyber goth shit, dude. Yeah. I'm all about it. Dude, no, I, I was like playing one time and I think you and me weren't as talkative. But, like talking to each other at the point, but I was like, this is right up BJ's alley. Because like I was trying to customize my dude just to be normal. And I'm like, how is it fucking impossible? You can literally give him the anime hard eye pupils. <laughs> Dude, I was literally like looking, I'm like, how the, just give me short cropped hair like mine, a damn t-shirt, and some jeans. That's all I want. And the game goes, no, look like a You vampire. have to have a latex bodysuit no matter what you wear. I was like, God fucking damn it. And like... As you go in the game, you can obviously change all that shit, but like, there was a point where I was just like, fine, I'll be a cyber goth, and I went all in on it. Like, I got the full floopy hair with the red streaks and the white in there. I got like full, I changed the, I was like, oh, fuck it, fuck it. I always make my hair pretty much exactly like Noctis from Final Fantasy XV in that one because it always looks so good in cutscenes. And I, then I think what I finally got, like my normal looking dude, just pretty much was a Nero. Yeah, but. Which, any game that I customize, it just turns into... I should make a Nero, I guess. At least five's Nero. I, I'm going to be honest. That's probably my favorite character design. 
or redesign of a character, like modernizing them. Yeah, I'm like hell yeah. It's one of the best redesigns ever. And then Dante games. just stays looking the best. Virgil's black coat in that game, fucking top tier. Did you see that TikTok that I sent you today where someone like did a Virgil mod for Elden Ring? No. It's it's Virgil versus the Tree Sentinel, and uh, he's Ooh. doing all the shit that Virgil does. And then for the killing blow, he does the Yamato like into the sheath. God, let's fucking go. And then it's like Great Evil Feld or whatever. And I was like, damn, I need to find this mod. <laughs> Dude, there's there's a level of cool that Devil May Cry just brings out that like in any other title, I'd be like, that's cheesy as fuck. Yeah. But then when Dante does it, I'm like, that's fucking sick. <laughs> and he, like, like the whole sword in the sheath thing, I'm like, oh, weeb. Virgil does it. I'm like, God, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> And the music for five is oh fucking transcendent. I listen to that shit on car rides when I want to get like emotional or hype or whatever. Bro, I I to this day still will like when I I have like a chill playlist on my phone for YouTube. In that is like Nico Shop on loop, and I'm like hell yeah. And but then like I have a workout playlist that I barely use. I don't work out as much anymore. I went recently, and when I tell you I this is not a meme. But I was going through, and I'm like, I really want to go inside. I'm like, whatever. Bury the Light was the next song to hit. And I went, those nine minutes, I'm fucking up that incline. When I tell you, I'm like, let's Just Terminator go. sprinting on the thing. Dude, I got hype. Like, that song is un- unbelievable. Like, especially when it hits it's the, the fucking... It's the forbidden pre-workout powder. Dude, when you get to the end, and like the, the dude screams, bury the light, I was like, let's fucking go. Yeah, it's... It goes so fucking hard. Speaking, okay, so is there anything else you've been playing? Because I think no, this is that's, a good segue. No, that's it for me. So speaking of something else we've been playing, I might mention Yakuza 3 a little bit here and there, but I want to get to this. Both you and me have gotten to the point to play Sonic Frontiers. We yes. have beaten Sonic Frontiers. I am, I'm close to 100%ing it, like, achievement-wise. Um, you have done that. Yes. So we, we knew kind of from the jump that this was going to be a, uh, since we don't have Matt here, we can just go off on Sonic stuff, including lore and, like, nerd shit. So, now that you've had some time to sit with it, you've already moved on to another game or whatever, what are your overall thoughts of Sonic Frontiers? I mean, I it hasn't, like, diminished in my mind at all. I've seen people review it, and, uh, like, I was telling you before we started, the that Yakko guy that did the... I played every 3D Sonic game in a week... He just hated fucking everything about it, and all of his points, I'm just, like, completely disconnected with. He even talked about how the dialogue was too sad, and I'm like, you. how many times have you played Sonic Adventure 2 and mentioned that that's your favorite game, and you're saying that well, this also, is too dark? Also, this is too sad. I'd rather have this shit than Baldy McNose hair again. Exactly. Like, fuck I lo- that. I love Sonic Colors, but fuck what that did to Sonic's character. Like, yeah. I do like that game. I think that game is some of the most fun to play. And then Generations is better than that. But it's like, fuck you. That Wisp Planet music plays in my head constantly. That but. that was probably the best of that soundtrack. I'm going to be honest. Well, and uh, the Tropical Resort, just that intro riff. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's so good. But it like it's such a fucking good game, and it's such a step up for Sonic. And knowing that there was a 60-person team only that worked on this game and what they were able to achieve is fucking incredible. Um, I love the direction that this is starting to go in, and I can't wait to see what they do next because this is such a good like, beginning of the next chapter for Sonic for me. I, I really hope that they... 
Because now they have a lore council, which is hilarious to think about. But it's it's people that you would really want Ian on a Flynn's lore council. Ian Flynn and Tyson Hess are on this thing, and Tyson Hess is the one that wrote Nipples the Enchilada, so you know it's going to be good. It God, could you imagine the headline was, we got Ken Penders to... to <laughs> I, would, I would lose all faith in the brand at that point. We got Ken Penders to write Sonic Chronicles 2, The Dark Brotherhood You'd 2. You would hate that. You would fucking lose your mind. Because- I, I'd probably fucking nut. Because he because there's a two, yeah. Because it's Sonic Chronicles two, but like they would have to like put it out on the 3ds or something. <laughs> yeah, I actually because we're never gonna see that game ever again. Which ever sucks. Again. Just do which, the lawsuits. Speaking of which, when Sonic Forces was coming out, I thought it was a sequel to Sonic Chronicles because the first trailer they showed was Eggman's taking over the world. He's in a giant robot, and Sonic has just come back to fight him. And I was like, that's the end of Sonic Chronicles: The Dark Brotherhood. For the Nintendo DS. And then it turned out not to be, so I was pretty disappointed. I uh, I replayed Front uh, Forces, and it didn't even take me a day. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, it's funny, because if you just do the main missions, you can beat the game and then refund it on Steam, because it's... <laughs> it's less time. Yeah, and, and so I beat it, and I'm gonna be honest, even though it, was very, it wasn't that different... The episode Shadow 3 mission thing was honestly the highlight of Forces. Yeah, I, I really did love episode Shadow. And, like, just playing that and then playing Frontiers, you can see the quality. I will admit, I think my least favorite parts have been the cyberspace levels. But that's because of how much I'm enjoying the open world. <laughs> yeah, I, I really loved the cyberspace levels. And the reason that I love them so much is because it's all classic level designs from other games... But the they put them in the boost formula and show you that they can make that work, and that is fucking huge to me. The thing that make got Adventure me, One in this the first uh, the first level Green Hills Green Hill Zone Act One One is the first stage in Unleashed, and I was like, no fucking way. Yep, there's City Escape in there. I yeah I, I honestly I really hope this leads to an adventure remake because it and honestly I know people would be ha- upset. Have Ian Flynn write it? Like honestly, there, yeah. there's some of that that doesn't work now. Call it Sonic Adventure Kiwami. <laughs> Have Kiwami be the Sega like remake thing. You yeah. can go into the casino after you beat the level and play the casino games and shit. The big mini game could be fucking nuts. Okay, so that's the thing, right? So if you were to remake Sonic Adventure, how would you change everything? Because I'd keep Sonic. Pretty much his Frontiers design. Yeah. That. Um, but what would you do for Tails, Knuckles, Amy? Gamma, I would kind of keep similar, but I'd obviously streamline it to where it's modern. But would you keep big? I would keep big. Because, like... I mean, they... At this point, Sega... Sega cut their teeth on fucking fishing games. <laughs> like, back in the day. Like, Rapala Pro Fishing type shit. They they were if you wanted a fishing game you had to get a Dreamcast because that's where you were gonna find the good shit, and then Yakuza Zero and Kiwami you can fish and it's awesome, so I think they could do it really well. I think like big story doesn't need to be that long, like just have him walk up to the thing and catch a fish, and then cutscene or whatever. Um, Amy I would probably make it a little more stealthy, like still have the platforming elements but. Hiding from the robot never felt like really hiding from the robot. It just no, felt it just like chased you yeah. immediately. 
So I think they could just do that. Uh, make Knuckles a little bit slower. Give him fucking combat. Make Knuckles have to kill people for emeralds. Yeah, I, I would prefer that because Knuckles, that's his whole thing is he has the Knuckles. So make him, honestly, give him Werehog stages that are not as long. Yeah, that would be great. And then for Tails, I would actually keep his stages the same with the race kind of thing. But then give him like tech puzzles throughout the world. Like fucking watchdogs hacking type shit, but make it fun. Because watchdogs never figured that out. <laughs> two is alright. I think two got it to an extent. It's just that two decided to go in, in the route of everything's a joke and everybody has to crack one liners and be a Marvel movie. Nothing in Legion is I didn't play Legion worth so I can't. playing at all. It's yeah. so bad. I didn't play Legion, so but yeah, like they they've proven to me that they can do this. Like they if the cyberspace levels, if they took that design philosophy that they have for those and make them longer, you'll make the best like boost formula game that's ever been made, but I know they're not trying to stick specifically to boost. So if they if they keep that sort of thing going where it's open world and then you go into the stages, I think Adventure 1 is the perfect step for them to go in next. Honestly, I think the next game, I would say do an adventure remake of one and two, because this way you can, you can have and, and get Ian Flynn to write the dialogue, keep the story, obviously keep the stories the same, but like change what you need to, but like A, B, C, D plots all say the same. And they could add extra things in the world that are breadcrumbs that lead to the next story. Well, like, case in Make point, them more like, of a one and two type of punch. To me, for Sonic Adventure 2... You make it where the open world, you add an open world to two, and it's like, all right, well, we have to get to Eggman's secret uh, Egyptian base. We gotta get to Egypt so that we can find the Eggman pyramid. And so, like, maybe for that, you give us these really cool moments of, like, okay, well, here's your platforming section, or here's whatever. But my thing mainly yeah, is... Yeah, add stages in between that connect. That would be good. My thing with that is, if you can set up Adventure 1 and 2... You pretty much set up all your characters that you need to use for like the next twenty years. Yeah. And then if you wanna if you honestly, if you wanna bring Blaze and Silver and all them back, you can. But for me, get Shadow right. This yeah. man has not been right. The only time Sega gets him right is through the fucking Twitter takeovers. Yeah, that Twitter takeover that they did recently was really fun. We uh we both watched that and really enjoyed it. The but, fact that Shadow's a Swifty is the most in-character thing. And he works at a soup kitchen. Yeah. Like, the, see, the, the everyone but Sega actually understands Shadow. Sega, though, is like, yeah, Vegeta, but not as likable. Speaking of which, Frontiers has made Eggman, like, my favorite fucking character in the whole series. <laughs> the fact that they humanized him, ironically, humanized the human character. But, like, the, like listening to the memos... And then, like, hearing him go from calling Sage an it to a her. And, and, then, and then to, to daughter. The, to the end where it's like, do what you must, daughter. And I'm like, fuck. And, like, those memos are some of the best Sonic content we've ever had. Like, he, Lord, he mentions so much shit. He talks about basically every he game. He talks about Gaia, Unleashed, Colors. He mentions chaos. The one that really hit me was the one where he's talking about his grandfather, and he's like, my cousin Marie, I was a little too young to like really get close to, but I understand how he felt now. And I was like, oh my god, dude, that fucking hit. Look, man, I'm just saying, you better make that shit hurt when I go see Sonic 3 in theaters. Yeah. 
I, I want I dude, and I'm just saying this right now. If the people making this movie know what they're doing, you better give me the most orchestral version of Live and Learn as these two hedgehogs are fighting a giant space lizard. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I I'm very excited for Sonic Three, and I because I know Sega has input on these movies. Now that the lore co- council is in place, I, it's I can't even fucking imagine what they're gonna do with it. I, I honestly don't care. This movie could be like mid. But if you end it with Live and Learn, I'm going to say it's my favorite movie of all time. And it will, it will very much be my aesthetic for the next 20 years. Yeah. Already, the fucking music of this game has become my aesthetic for a while. I've done nothing but listen to Undefeatable and, and uh, Find Your Flame on repeat. This shit is so good. The music is top tier shit. I'm so glad that I bought the soundtrack with the deluxe edition. I wish I did, but I, I was like, I, I don't know how this game's going to work. I also didn't know that I was getting fucking Kellen Quinn on vocals. Yeah. So I was like, ah, but now hindsight's 2020. I wish. And I'm not going to. There's not an upgrade. So if I had to do it, I have to buy the digital deluxe. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Damn. They, they also just added Monster Hunter DLC, which is. I mean, it's basically just free DLC. I've been running costumes. around. I've been running around the the main outfit, like yeah, the, the Rathalos armor, the full armor, because it, it's the closest I'm gonna get to Gold Knight Sonic. It looks dope, and uh, the um, the cooking mini game gives you more coins for the fishing stuff, so that's really dope. Oh, it does. See, I didn't do the cooking mini game yet. Yeah, it's uh, it basically just gives you more tokens. Where do you get to it? Uh, you go to Big's fishing spots, and then he's like, "Do you want to fish or do you want to cook some meat?" Oh, let's fucking go. Yeah, so Sonic sets up the spit. It's basically the exact same animation from Monster Hunter World, but Sonic. <laughs> so it's it's really cool. Apparently and they've already planned a bunch more collaboration DLCs. Give me for the next fucking year. give me the Near. fucking gray suit. Kiryu's gray suit. Put it on Sonic. <laughs> no, just give me Kiryu's model. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, I was telling Matt and Luke about this, but I recently started playing Sonic Robo Blast 2, and I knew there were a ton of like character mods and everything, so I went to their official site, and I spent like literally three days trying to mod Kazuma Kiryu into Sonic Robo Blast, and it's my favorite thing ever. They have a lot of the comic mods, too. That's another thing. Dude, they, the comics are canon to the The comics are now. canon, and Boom is canon, apparently. Well, well, Sticks is canon. Stick, yeah. Boom, the actual world is not canon because that was supposed to already just be a side story. But um, Sticks is canon. Tangle is canon. The fucking Babylon rogues are canon. Which I never thought I'd see. I well, and that's the thing. Have they ever shown back up in the comics, like at least on IDW's side? Um that you're aware of. I don't know. I've mostly just seen covers. Because like I said, I haven't started them yet. I'm trying to build up like at least the first 10 before I start. Okay, so that's what I was... I think I told you this before. If if, if anyone uh, who wants to get into the Sonic comics right now, you can do a free month of like the Kindle Prime or Amazon Books or whatever there is. And the Sonic big hardcover, big dick editions are on that. Not the regular comics, but the the hardcover IDW collections. in order. Are there? I don't know if it's completely in order because Tangle and Whisper doesn't isn't until book two, but it might. It is what it is. But uh, they have the whole collection, and I'm I'm gonna read them from there because I'm like, all right, fuck it. And it's got the shit that we like from the DC universe for it's panel by panel. Hell that yeah. shit is fire. That's the best thing a comic app can do. 
oh, it was so good. And I was like, oh, I'm in. This shit is awesome. So I'm reading it there. But damn it, dude. Like, it's it's hyped to be a Sonic fan again. Like, yeah. we were talking about this beforehand where it's like, oh, Sonic Movie 2 came out. The comics are killing it. We're hyped for Frontiers. Now Frontiers is out. And we're like, yo, we win. Yep. We're, we're still winning. I mean, yeah, the game is like realistically like a. It, it could have been more, but for a sixty-person team and what they accomplished with that game, it's great. And I think it was because Sega still has all that bullshit in place, or at least they did. And I think Frontiers coming out and all the Sonic fans absolutely loving it was a big push for them to be like, okay, we can loosen the leash a little bit. Well, I think they already did because Frontiers misses that thing of, well, Sonic always has to win with a smile on his face. He was not smiling all the time. Yeah, there was a point where he was literally just a dead body (laughs) stuck in place. Like, they they quite literally were like, no, we're going to make this, like, good. There's one thing that got me, too... um, I normally, like, in a Sonic game, typically I don't get super emotional. Obviously, there's the big moments, but there was one that got me... I with... got super fucking emotional at one point. Well, there was one that got me, and it was... <sighs> it was Knuckles and Sonic's relationship. Like... The fuck me eyes? Well, not that. <laughs> that was awkward. Uh, no, but just the way that, like... It brought me back to Sonic Heroes. Yeah. When the idea that, like, oh yeah, Team Sonic was a thing... These, like, Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails are friends. Despite, like, every time of their rebrand of Knuckles being this idiot, and then beforehand being like, I don't like you, Sonic. No, they're friends. Like, fundamentally, those three get along. they're just friendly rivals is the big thing. Like, before Shadow, that's what Knuckles was. He was the the kind of edgy antagonist rival, but would be there for him when it, when, like, you know, push like push comes to show. Like he's the piccolo. Fucking adventure. It was like you first time you meet Son- uh, Knuckles. He's like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Still my emeralds. And Sonic's like, What the fuck are you talking? Still my emeralds. Well, like, and then just like I got like the same vibe of like you, me, and Matt, where it's like, all like Knuckles is clearly going through some things. He fe- he's feeling inadequate, and all Sonic has to do is go, Hey, dickhead, you've got friends. Yeah. Like you're gonna we're gonna be there for you, and like that actually hit me. And I'm like, fuck you, Sega, for making me care about these stupid rodents. I actually, there was a point in this game where I actually had like a tear in my eye. And it was at the very end, which, retroactive spoilers for the whole plot and game design of Sonic Frontiers. Fuck off, it's But if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're a Sonic fan and you've already 100%ed everything. But um, the the end cutscene where it's Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy on the tornado and they're like, alright guys, let's go home. And then it cuts to Eggman, and he's still waiting on the cliff for Sage to come back, and she never fucking does. Oh, that hurts so bad. Dude, I was legit like, no. And then they hit you with Dear Father. Yeah. And you're like, fuck Fuck that. (laughs) But then, thankfully, the end cutscene that I didn't have to beat the boss to get. Thanks for that. (laughs) Hey, I was tricked too, because everybody was saying, hey, by the way, to get the real ending. And I'm like, "What, what does that mean? Yeah, the real ending is just a boss fight with no extra cutscenes and or story f- lore. I, w- I will say I think it's really cool because like Vandalize I like, but Nate's song One Way Dream I think fits that ending better where it's like, this is like where it's a triumphant end for Sonic and his friends. Mm-hmm. Not Eggman, but uh, Sonic and it's like, to me like that, that song I'm like, this feels like a Sonic's like Vandalize is great. Vandalize definitely didn't feel like a Sonic song. Yeah. One Way Dream felt like this could have been in any other Sonic game. 
and it fits. And then like the idea of like, it's got this triumphant end to it that I'm like, all right, Sonic is back and I'm hyped for it because whatever game they do next, and I don't know how they're going to do it because obviously right now where the lore is, everybody's going to do their own thing and grow as people. Yeah. And I'm so hyped to see where that goes. I like, I just want to see more Eggman development at this point. Like the, the very end cutscene, he pulls Sage back out of cyberspace I think I think the reason is because cyberspace can like, because remember the ancients put their consciousness in there, and Sage has been in there for so long, yeah, that he was able to get a version of her back. So because I mean, that's that's how she gained like her physical form, how she was able to start thinking and everything. So if he's just able to rip that out of cyberspace, that's awesome. Look, please just let her meet Orbot and Cubot. Yeah, I I've seen so much fucking fan art on Twitter. This game has spawned so much Eggman fan art. Where it's just like him being a fucking he's, dad. He's pushing a stroller with Orbot and Cubot in it. He's got Sage like on his shoulders, and then he's got fucking Metal Sonic on a child leash. And I'm like, this is what I want. I want to see more of this shit. I want like that's one of my favorite things about some of the older Sonic games. Cause like one thing I didn't like about like colors and generations and, and like even forces is it's Eggman is the villain. I, I'm gonna be honest. I miss the Eldritch Horrors. Yeah. Like, yeah, the end was a big rock, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of enjoyed the fact that it wasn't just Eggman again. It was another thing that was stringing them along. And Eggman helps them defeat it in the end. And that's that's one of the greatest thing about this game is Eggman is like, I don't want to fucking work with Sonic. He's an asshole. But you know what? But Sage, I, I have his to- daughter asked him to exactly and then he's like all right fine you're final you're a part of the eggman empire i command you to go stop the thing and then sonic's like was that so hard he's like yes he's like fuck you (laughs) so i i love that dynamic and i love that sage is like i hope at this point that sage is going to be like eggman's voice of reason because i'm just saying give me boom season three and add sage because I want her in a slice of life fun territory as I well. I mean, with Sonic Prime, maybe there's some Sage shit in there. Probably not. This seems like it's going to be its own thing. Yeah, I was I was I really also, hoping for the Sonic multiverse. Yeah, but, but we're, we're just getting like pirate versions and yeah. Yeah. And I'm a little less excited, but I like that in credit where it's like Shadow somehow, like, I guess not affected by the multiverse, which I'm like, oh shit, okay. All I wanted was Jaleel White Sonic <laughs> to come back. That would like, no. that to me would have been the coolest thing is like we get our no way home where it's like Jaleel White, Roger Craig Smith, this new guy. There's three and- Jaleel Whites because there's the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which is one canon, Saturday Morning Sonic, which is a different canon. They t- they would just bring him back for one, but it, it just they- be, it just be the wait, that's wait that, that's no good <laughs> like guy. If they if they brought him back, I would want it to be fucking Sonic Underground Sonic <laughs> because Jaleel White voiced. Sonic, Manic, and Sonya. <laughs> he did Sonya too? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> he did all three of them. I want, what I would want is like, they get all these characters back and it's like, we can't beat them. And one more Sonic steps through and it's, it's fucking Jason Griffith. Oh my it's God. It's like the classic, just like, like, ah, uh, I'd lose my shit if that was the case. It's not happening, but still. I do like what they're doing though. Prime looks fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching that. The animation style, especially too looks really clean yeah i i'm just excited for the future of sonic and that's something that i was not able to say a year ago 
I mean, that was that wasn't something I was able to say in 2017. Yeah, when I, I mean, beat forces, I was like, "This is bad." After I mean, granted, it gave us the IDW comics, but right. Other than that, I'm like, "Yo, Sonic games kind of suck." Because what did we get after that? Team Sonic Racing, yeah, which was okay. I mean, it wasn't half as good as Sonic, All-Star. Sonic and Sega All Stars. That yeah, that was a better racing game. And then it's I, I I love how anytime they ask in the Twitter takeovers, "Why are you driving a car?" He goes, "Cause it's fucking cool." Even Shadow's like, yeah, it looks cool. Who, who cares? Yeah. By the way, that Twitter taker where they race, and they're like, oh, we, there was a tie. Looks like you both lose. It's like, well, no, it's a, one, of, one of us has to win. It's like, no, you both lost. I the, the number one thing that I want from Sega right now is... More like, Yakuza. <laughs> no, well, yeah, that. <laughs> but also, I just want Sega All-Stars Virtual Fighter. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. Like... Put Sonic and his 15 friends in there. Kiryu, Majima. Kiryu, Majima. The ver- the main three from Virtual Fighter. Akira, Mai, or Pi. I can't remember. I never fucking remember. Um, put Ulala in there and have her be like rhythm-based fighting. You could do so much with that, but they're not making another Virtual Fighter because they're like, we don't know how to innovate. I'm like, fuck you. Just fucking make it. You're making six they, Yakuza they, games they a year. They don't need to make a new one because all they have to do is just just go play Yakuza 5 and play Virtual Fighter in the arcade. Yeah, and they keep re-releasing Virtual Fighter 5 every 10 years. They're like, here's Virtual Fighter 5 Special Edition. It was a new one, Ultimate Virtual Fighter 5, and I'm like, fuck yeah. you. I'm fuck like, off. Street Fighter 6 is coming out, and they're just doing the same Tekken shit. Tekken 8's coming out. Yeah. Which... Apparently, I didn't know this because, like, yeah, whatever, it's just CGI, but looked like it. No, that was in engine and how the game's supposed to look. And I was like, dog, if the next trailer, the gameplay trailer, it looks like that, I'm about to nut. That shit looks so clean. Just do that for Virtual Fighter. I promise it'll be good. Because Virtual Fighter, I've I've been playing a little bit of two, obviously, but <laughs> Virtual Fighter is essentially just hand to hand Soul Calibur. <laughs> yeah. So just do that. And then do the Soul Calibur thing where you're like, okay, well, you might not be so hype on Soul Calibur, but this one has this guest character, and it's fucking Kiryu. Be so dope. Uh, Speaking of that, the other thing I've been playing this week, Yakuza 3. So I'm not super far into it, but I'm far enough into that, to it where, so the game starts by doing like, well, the game starts on Daigo. And it's like, hey, this thing's happening. And uh, Daigo's like, no, I'm not taking that deal because it's going to fuck over Kiryu if I do. And he deserves all the happiness in the world after the shit we put him through. And you're like, yeah. And then you meet a guy and you're like, I remember my first time playing this game. I went, no fucking way. And then it cuts to Kiryu uh, coming out the, the, the water shirtless as he can be, tattoos brand haruka on the beach saying uncle kaz and he goes i caught dinner and pulls up a fucking monster fish fishing like goku out there (laughs) and he goes cool and then they go to the house i guess this is slight spoilers but it's a good spoiler that doesn't really spoil too much he runs an orphanage now okay see i knew that from six okay so yeah he runs an orphanage and all these kids it's great and then uh one guy comes in, you're like, I don't know who this guy is. He goes, hey, homeboy's in the hospital. And you're like, oh, shit. And I'm like, I don't know who that guy is yet. They go there. It's like, yo, he was shot. And they're like, what the fuck? And then the, this other little girl is standing there, and she's like, 
she apparently saw who shot uh, the guy, and they pull up a, a picture, and Kiryu's like, no fucking way. Cut to right when, before all that, and now it's just fun, mundane shit with the kids. Damn. Literally the first four chapters of this game are four, by the way, four fucking chapters are all slice of life, <laughs> Kiryu being a dad. I'm fine with that. I love Dude, that shit. no, I... I literally was like, I'm waiting for people to fight, but I've literally just been like, I'm, no, I want to, this kid's, one of my kids is getting bullied in school. I have to do something about this. Here you fucking runs in and drop kicks a toddler in no, the face. No, it's even better. You literally, you literally meet the guy who owns, who like, who's like one of the representatives on like the city council. And he's like, yo, you're, oh, you run an orphanage? That's so cool. The teacher comes in trying to blame the bullying who on the kid who's getting bullied, and the counselor's there going, he's running a great shop here. What do you got to hate? And I'm like, fuck you. This is way better than beating the shit out of you, because fuck you. You got you got made fun of. <laughs> Pussy. And it's like, God, I, lo- I love it. And like, we're, we're like slowly itching to thing, because um, the, the right now the crux of the plot is uh, someone's trying to sell the deed, or like the land. Mm-hmm. Because one politician wants to make it a resort for tourism, the other wants to build a navy base, and so that's that's the kind of thing where I'm like, all right, I can tell where the plot's going to go, because now Kiryu's going to get sprawled into all the po- political mumbo jumbo shit. It's gonna be fine, but right now I don't care because Kiryu isn't wearing his normal red and white. He's wearing khaki pants and a Hawaiian shirt, Hell and it's yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, no, three has been like literally like I'm like, this is great. I, I'm just I'm a smile on my face every time. I'm not hating this shit. I'm like, oh, this is good. At this point, if it starts going into the serious shit, I'm like, no, no, fuck that. Let me be just a dad again. I that's that's another part that I loved about the fucking Goromi stuff. <laughs> it's because it's one of the only times where you sit down and have a conversation with Majima. And he's talking about like yeah, I used to run a cabaret, but it really wasn't my thing. And then Kiryu was like, you didn't like it because you felt something for your employees. You felt like you were taking care of them and everything, and you don't want to feel that responsibility. And then Goromi, fucking Majima, is like, yeah, you know, maybe you're right. And I fucking love that section. I wish there was more, like, just give me support conversations, but just with Majima. (laughs) Well, it's fun to know because the first boss fight of three is Majima. Hell yeah. So you, you're, literally, you're literally going, so at the aftermath of 2, Kiryu's like, me and Haruka are leaving. We're, we're done here. We can't be a part of, a, of of the Tojo clan anymore. We can't be here. We're going to Okinawa. We're going to open up a, an orphanage. So you meet everybody, Stardust, Date. You meet the people you've grown to love. Right. And then it's like, all right, well, someone's got to keep the Tojo clan in line because we have our new head. Daigo. But but no one might listen to him. Yeah. So who better? That seems to be a the, trend with the Tojo clan. Yeah. It's like all the fucking shit's going down. The head of the Tojo clan is like, alright, this is the plan. This is gonna save us. And then all the heads, except for Kashiwagi, is like, no, that's fucking stupid. I need to line my pockets. Kashiwagi is the goat. <clears throat> he is the goat. But uh, And when Millennium Tower exploded, I was so fucking worried that he was dead. And then Kiryu's like, what the fuck happened to Kashiwagi? And then Daigo's like, don't worry, I got a call from him. He got out. Thank God. And I'm like, Dude, fuck yes. I was, I was in the same boat. I'm like, I swear to God, if that's how you kill him off, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah, I was pissed. But um, 
But that's the thing. And so literally Kiryu was mentioning to this doctor who you'll, you'll meet later. And he's like, who, so who do you think can, can wrangle them up? And he goes, there's only one guy I know who can. And, and the dude goes, you don't mean, and he's like, yup. And I'm, and I'm at first, I'm like, you don't mean, and you go up to the top of the millennium tower and there's that motherfucker smoking right over there. Fucking the snake skin jacket and everything. And, and he's like, Hey, I need you to do something for me. And he's like, Oh fuck. Fuck you mean? Let me just relax for a bit. And he's like, I need you to take over the torch. He's like, fuck that. That sounds boring. I don't want to do that. And he's like, and I love the way he gets him is, well, you know, if people get out of line, you get to fight them. And he goes, huh? He goes, oh. no, he, he literally was like, what'd you say? And it's like, well, I'm just saying. And then like, they go, like, you know what, Kiryu, you got a deal. Oh, sweet. Cool. Well, I'm about to, if you beat me. Go on. And, and then he's like, ah, I figured it'd come to that. And then you got it. Fucking rip off the, the jackets. It's the, the two. Yes. Dude, it's fucking sick. I, uh, I loved in Kawami, there was a point where I was doing too much Majima stuff. And then they were like, all right, uh. Majima's decided to take a break, and then it gives you a little text prompt that's like, do some more story before you continue with Majima. And then it's like, he's probably chilling like outside Kamurocho. He's probably left the city. If you go to West Park, Majima's just chilling, smoking a ciggy. And if you walk up and talk to him, he's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? And then Kiryu's like, oh! He puts up his fist, and he's like, calm down. I'm not going to fight you. I'm taking a break. I'm trying to just smoke this ciggy, dude. Calm down. <laughs> it's so funny. Nah, dude. I... I'm so hyped to get through three because I already know like the twists and everything, but it's so good because they have an American character in this one who speaks fluent English. It's not like they in some of these where they try to not do like English. Bacchus. Yeah, not like Bacchus. No, this guy straight up is like, like Kiryu would be like Nani, and the guy goes, "It's your fucking end of the road, pal." Like full, full. Oh, I love that dude. Full fluent, and I'm like, they either got a Japanese man who's just fluent, or they hired an American dude to do this. And it's like, fuck yeah. I can't wait to see that. But I'm I'm having so much fun with Kiwami too. Like it's such a good game and right now I'm so invested in the story. I I was expecting it to be like, okay, well where do we go from here? Just like a new kid shows up in town and Kiryu's disconnected from the plot but gets drawn into it because he was the main character of the first game. No, Kiryu is heavily invested in this shit and he has to do this. I will say it's one thing that's very interesting is that Kiryu gets brought in in interesting ways if i remember correctly because four you don't start out as kiryu you start as another because this four is where they started adding multiple protagonists yeah uh which zero is the only one to do just two uh four does four five does five and then then christ yeah and then uh six is kiryu only because it was the end of the saga right um but but then they said psych and they were like all right, here's seven, and now Kiryu's back, and here's another game that explains all about what Kiryu was up to, and he's the main character in the spinoff that has nothing to do with canon at all. Well, that's not Kiryu, that's Ryoma. Right, it's yeah. just Kiryu in a wig. <laughs> it's it's just Kiryu, but I think it's like great, 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 great ancestor. Speaking who, of which... Who the, will cut a bitch? Kiryu might not kill. Ryoma, he's stabbing motherfuckers. The art for Ishin goes so fucking hard, where he's just with the fucking flintlock pistol to yes. his forehead. That shit goes fucking hard. I'm glad, I hope they did, that they, I'm glad they did Ishin and not Kenzin, because Kenzin was just like classic samurai shit. This one is just enough where, yeah, flintlock pistols and shit. Yeah. And so you get gun and sword. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I, I would love some official merchandise of that art, like a jacket or something, Ooh. like a hoodie. 
with just that picture on it. But they Sega need- is like, all right, we got the Kiwami 2 hoodies on the website. That's all we need ever. They need to do what Shonen Jump does and just do drops because the Jujutsu Kaisen drops came out and I'm like, they look cool. Yeah. Um, the My Hero drops are pretty good. I'm so mad I missed out on that Chainsaw Man hoodie where he's riding the shark. Yeah. I was so angry that I missed that. That shit is really expensive though. I don't give a fuck. That was a cool hoodie and I was I was legit gonna buy it. But then I waited a day and then it was sold out. I was like, fuck, god dang it. So I'm mad. I might have to look into... Uh, just making one yourself? Well, yeah, I can do that easily. But whatever the next Yakuza game that comes out, which will be Ishin, they always do some crazy fucking collector's editions. And for the uh, the Sonic Mania one, which was just the digital code and then the statue and all the special yeah. shit, they had uh, Switch, PS4, Xbox, and then they had a Steam edition. So if they do that for Yakuza Ishin, I will buy the fuck out of that. I mean, I'm gonna get one anyway. That they didn't do one for for like a dragon. I don't if I don't if I remember correctly. They didn't do a crazy collector's one for. I that. I think they just did the thing where which it was like steelbook. the steel book thing, which was which you can still get if you go to Walmart right now. At least in where we live, the steel books are still there. Yeah, which is a pretty good steel book. And then I, I have the best. All the Yakuza steel books are fucking fire. The I have Kiwami one and two steel books, and Kiwami two steel books is the best. It is solid like white with like like Kiryu on one side and then uh, Ryuji on the other and it's so fucking cool I have I have gone and just flipped it around so Ryuji's on the front Yakuza Kwame 1's is pretty good because it's it's yeah Nishiki. the slip cover with and then you, Haruka and everything and then you slip it out it's just Haruka and Kiryu uh, I, I they didn't do a steelbook for the collection edition which I wish they would have but that's fine but they did do a physical case for Yakuza 3 on the PS3 well, which yeah, nobody Nobody Yakuza 5, which no one, which they didn't do. Oh, right. Yakuza yeah. 5 was digital only in the U.S. Thankfully, Zero made it better, because if without Zero, Yakuza was going to die. Yeah. But Zero came in, and now it's, their, it's Zero is Sega's the, like best-selling it's franchise. It's the number one Sega franchise. It's the only games that they make now is that, and then every 10 years, there's a Sonic. I'm, I'm hyped, though, dude, because what they've announced like with Yakuza 8... Um, or sorry, like a dragon eight because they're changing the name now. Right. I'm still gonna call it Yakuza. Yeah. But uh, eight, Gaiden, Gaiden, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the man with no name or the whatever? man who? It was like, it's something like the man who forsook his name or gave up gave up his name or wasn't something his like name Jiryu? <laughs> Isn't that what yeah, it is? It's, it's literally like Kiryu but with a B or some <laughs> shit. It's like it's like who? It's like Kiryu? No. My name is Jiryu. It's like, motherfucker, I know that's you. It's like that episode of Family Guys, like, really early on, where she's like, what's your name? And Peter, like, tries to play it off, and he's like, uh, P-Tier Griffin. Fuck! (laughs) That's what Kiryu did here. I'm excited for that, though, because it's going to be, like, a, a relatively short action game. And I kind of want that because, like, I love the judge. Which, by the way, I mean, you already know, but Judgment being on on Steam is big. Yeah. Because like that means they got an okay from the from the other team. That that means that Judgment Three is on the table. And after Lost Judgment, fuck, I hope so. Like Judgment's good, but Lost Judgment is so fucking good. Holy shit! I the number one thing that I want right now after they do the Sonic movies, they should do a Yakuza TV show. And animate just, it. 
Well, they could animate it, but also all the actors look exactly how they do in real life. So just start with zero and just go chronologically. So the one most requested thing that a lot of the Yakuza fans have been asking for, if if we were to get another side game, is give us a Kuze game. Yeah, a Kuze game that's in like story. the 60s. Yeah. That would be fucking give sick. Give me that. And that that dude will come back to do the mocap. He'll do it. Yeah. He's back for Ishin. That was so hype seeing that. Because I had never heard anything about... Well, I knew it was coming out, but I didn't know anything about it besides it was a samurai game. And seeing that presentation after I just finished Zero was the hypest shit ever. Because then you get you, you now know that you have a lot to look forward to, mm-hmm. but also a lot to catch up on. So it's like you have content for days. Yeah. like I, It's insane to me looking up how many Yakuza games there are because... I knew six had come out, and I was like, oh, there's six of these. But then you're like, oh, there's also one that isn't numbered that's zero, which takes place before one, Dead Souls. Which is a side story zombie game. Mm -hmm. Then you have fucking... um, The PSP ones that I just found out about just now. two PSP ones called Black Panther 1 and 2. Kenzin, which is the first samurai game. Ishin, which is another samurai game. Judgment, technically Fist of the North Star. Lost Judgment, and now the RPG one. Yep. So it's like, there's a lot of content in this series, and I'm so glad they put them on modern consoles. Same. And it's it's crazy, because it's like, before I bought 6, I had never heard anyone mention it whatsoever. And then, I think I told you that I bought 6, and you were like, oh yeah, it's pretty great. And then... I know DJ probably told you about it too. Yeah, DJ, he, he told me that they had crazy collector's editions. And I was like, oh, it comes with whiskey glasses. I'll give it a try. And then that's pretty much all that he could tell me about it. But getting into this series, it's one of the best things I've ever fucking played. And now I'm like, everyone should play this. It, it's the thing. Anybody that I tell to play Yakuza, it's always... The three starting points are Zero, Judgment, or Like a Dragon. And realistically, take Like a Dragon out of that. Yeah. Judgment and Zero. Those are the two starting points because Judgment is its own thing. It does not harken back to Kiryu Saga. It's like its own alternate universe. I mean, even then, I would say Zero is the best place to start because if you do um, Judgment and you see how they make games and everything, then you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. But if you have that foundation of starting with Zero and then maybe going Kiwami, Kiwami 2, and then maybe going to Judgment, I think you would get a lot more out of it. Yeah. I think, I'm going to be honest, part of me honestly is like, you could probably stop playing Yakuza at 2, play 0, 1, and 2, and be like, cool. I think I think there's because, a huge subset of people that actually did that. Well, because 2 ends in such a great way where you're like, oh, it's the neatest bow we could have. 3 continues it, and like, you'll, you'll understand why I don't like 2's ending when you play 3's intro. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like with every game, they have to put him back to zero. Yep. And so I'm like, oh, fuck you. But I like threes. Like, I like I like Dad Kiryu a lot, so I'm cool with it. But there, there's an offhanded line in five about something to do with two that I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. That could have been cool. Damn. But they don't. But it is what it is. But, um, no, two ends in a way where I'm like, this is the perfect bow. You could write out here, and we could we could have ended Kiryu's story here. They didn't, because at the time these games made hella money in Japan, so Yakuza Three was on the way. But and it was the the first. Well, no, uh, Kenzen was actually next. Kenzen was the first PS3 game. 
Because they were like, oh, we want to test our skills with it. Which, by the way, did you know Yakuza 1 and 2 are on the Wii U? Yakuza 1 and 2 are on the... Like Kawami? No. HD ports of the PS2 games. Not for us. Japan only. But they they were on the Wii U. Nowhere else. What the fuck? It's like, that's the same shit as having Mass Effect 3 on the fucking Wii U and going, oh, yeah. what about 1 Here's and 2? Here's a comic book where you can read some you stuff You can that read what happened. happened in the past two games. That's super weird. I didn't I, know this until, like, the other day, but I was, like, reading it on, like, all the different ports of 1, and then I saw that, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Man. It never got localized, which, honestly, that would have been the best way to localize this fucking uh, thing. But I, I remember I sent you guys a Snapchat the other day that was uh, a guy standing in front of a Waffle House, and it was like, what the fuck, I ran into PS2 Majima in front of the Waffle House. I fucking love that meme. I just told him, hey, maybe also just not listen later either, because I'm talking about Yakuza 3. Yeah, Matt, Matt read that text, and he was like, uh, y'all are shitting on me. It's like, nah. I'm like, no. No, we, we straight spoiled Yakuza 0, 1, He's talking about two. I talked a bit about three. I'm honestly more hyped for you to get to four because meeting some of these new characters, which by the way, only two of the new pl- characters in four com- continue on. There's one character who's, I think the, the detective cop guy, he's only in four and then five shows up and you have a retired baseball player. Speaking of characters continuing on, we're going to get to the point in this series one day and possibly soon where Kiryu dies. <laughs> I don't think they're ever gonna have him die. He's, no, he's gonna he's gonna hear <laughs> you still like alive. He's a cyborg in no, twenty ninety nine. I think they're just gonna have him either die of old age or go out with the biggest boom. Like like the Millennium Tower is gonna explode, but Kiryu is in the middle of the tower fighting off like ten thousand people, and like he's he doing, could do it. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> he does, that's the problem. He would escape that. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. This man is a superhuman. In, in Dead Souls, he really is a fucking superhuman. Speaking of which, like, there's there's this part in Kiwami where you're chasing after Reina and Shinji. Um, you're, like, literally following the trails of their blood because there's so much blood leaking out of them onto the streets. And at that point, I was like, hold on, I, I gotta go fight Majima for the last time to get to S rank. And then I finally get to that point where it's like, all right... You have the dragon moves all the way down. Yeah, the Nishiki family is after them. They've sent a fuckload of gunmen after them. And Kiryu's running up this building, beating the fuck out of every guy that he comes across. There's people throwing couches and shooting him, and he's still beating their asses. Gets up to the top of the building. Literally fucking does the Spider-Man jump across roofs. And then a guy shoots him. He shoots directly at Kiryu's face, and he literally does the anime head tilt to avoid a bullet point blank. And I'm like, this is the fucking greatest game ever made. <laughs> also, can you explain why you said you're going to get a boner every time you see a boat? Because every time some shit pops off in Yakuza, it always is on a boat. In Zero... I love, I love Matt's... What? Yeah, because he hasn't seen the boat in either game yet. But it's like the ending of Zero... With the, the Battle of the Two Dragons. Which is fucking awesome. Which is fucking awesome. And then in Kiwami, you get over there, and that's where the fucking Shimano clan shows up. And Kiryu has to take them on all by himself at first. And I was like, oh, he's doing it. So everything cool that happens in Yakuza is either in a boat or in a skyscraper. <laughs> 
I think fours is the skyscraper, their final thing. Which four, by the way? So four, since that's four characters, has this really cool thing with its final, like final boss music. Is it's called Four Faith or Four Fate, but spelled with four, like for you. It's a too or, fast, too or, furious yeah. thing. Well, it, it goes Four Fate, which is F O R, and then Fate, then Four, <laughs> the number Four Fate, then the same thing with Four Faith, and then Four Faith, and it's like honestly, fucking cool. That like each one gets their own variation of the final boss theme, and I'm like, this is awesome. I that's my biggest problem with Kiwami 2 so far is they didn't call it Yakuza 2 or 2 Yakuza 2 Kiwami. <laughs> I'm no, they just put put the secret Korean in the fucking title. <laughs> Yakuza 2 the secret Korean. I mean that's what that game is. You're going to find out way more and you're like, "Oh shit." I'm sure there's even more secret Koreans than the one that I've already figured out. No, there's a lot of secret Koreans. And it, it actually I love so Throughout the game, like the way they humanize Kiryu, the way they humanize what's the detective lady Sayako? Yeah, she's she's I think so because she's the one that right now is like, oh, I hate all Yakuza. I gotta protect Kiryu. I'm definitely not gonna end up slobbering all over his big fucking meat pole. <laughs> she's cool. <laughs> um, the characters though, like even at the end, honestly, I love Ryuji. Like, two, again, I think two's story is stellar. I like Daigo a lot so far, and you said that he's, like, the goat. Daigo's the goat because of what he means. Uh, it's a spoiler for Yakuza 1 and 2. <laughs> 1 through 5, honestly. <laughs> but, like, what was I going to say? Daigo good. Uh, Daigo, Daigo's a mainstay, and he's, like, honestly the goat because, like, this man is trying to give. He's every time Kiryu gets dragged back in, Daigo's like, "No, let him live peacefully." <laughs> God dang it! And each time he's like, "Kiryu, please, just it wasn't my fault, dude. I'm so sorry." <laughs> the one time, there's one point in the series where Daigo brings him in, and it's the hype as shit. But like, that's you'll get there. Honestly, honestly, love five because at five, Mans is just a cab driver. Like, that's how he starts in 5, and I'm like, God, what the fuck happened? And he's just normal. It's, and it's the same thing 3 does, where it, you go for a while just doing mundane, like, oh, just here we go. You have a cab, there's a cab driving minigame where you get people there fast while also not jostling the car too much. It's, it's insane. But, I don't know, man, like, I cannot wait for you to get to 4, specifically 4. And when when you get to it, skip every intro sequence. Just just start hit and start. Do not let it go through. Can do. I I I just I love the series so far, and I can't wait to see more. Pretty much, Sega's just winning right now. Yeah, honestly. Sonic is actually good again. Yakuza has never stopped being good. Give me a give me a free DLC for Yakuza, where Majima gets the Eggman coat, and Kiryu dresses in a Sonic onesie. That'd be hilarious. No, but uh, the only other thing that I've been playing uh, after all the Yakuza spoilers, sorry, Matt, uh, is Pokemon. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit because you, you haven't started it yet. I uh, haven't even picked it up yet. Yeah. 
But we, we kind of mentioned it. Uh, so Sonic Frontiers, when it came out, Speaking, the biggest gripe was... Just oh, to derail you for a second. Um, do you know what the big Nintendo Switch deal at Target is this year? No, what is it? It's the fucking base model Switch with Mario Kart again? for $300 again. Fuck off. So I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. That shit's bad. At least, do like, honestly, at least bring it, like, if you want people to buy Pokemon, put out the Pokemon Switch OLED and put Pokemon in it. Yeah, honestly, that is a really nice-looking console, and it would have been so much better if you had just put one of the games in there. Just do a digital code. You're not losing any money on that shit. No, because no one's going to pay 60 bucks. Fuck off. Anyway, so when Sonic Frontiers came out, the biggest gripe and, like, downside of the game was its performance, because... Realistically, yeah. It especially on the Switch, it stutters a bit. Poppin is insane. Poppin is insane everywhere. To the point where like you'll be running and all of a sudden you stop to a halt. You're like, what the fuck? And then like give it a second and then boom, the rock is in the way and you're like, oh. The grind rails, like you'll like there'll be times where like it happened to me where I was meant to homing attack onto something, but it wasn't popped in yet, so it didn't register. So I fell to my death. Yep. Like, yeah, the game has some problems with its performance. Particularly, like, just the Switch especially, I think, has the worst of it, which I beat the game on the Switch. It wasn't bad, but replaying it on my Xbox was, like, night and day. And the fact that it had a 60 FPS mode, holy shit. Yeah. That game is meant to be played there. I don't know if I can go back to my Switch version. I uh, I bought it on Steam Deck, and that's the only platform that I have it on. And um, it was it was a couple of weeks, or it hasn't even been a couple of weeks, but days at least afterwards... Um, they were still listing it as completely unsupported, but I was like, this runs so much better than the Switch version does, and it looks incredible too. Like, you can turn on that 60 FPS mode, but obviously it's going to chug there. Yeah. Unless you, uh, like, fuck with the graphic sliders a little bit more, but it was, it was a great experience on the Steam Deck. But, uh, it's ironic, because... Sonic fans came in saying, look, performance is bad, but I'm still enjoying myself. Yep. Pokemon comes out, and it is the same thing, where it is abysmal in its performance. Pop-in, frame stutters to point to just flat-out frame drops like 15 a second. Like, it, it is horrendous how this game performs. Yeah. Like... It, it it is god awful. Like my brother texted me that like he was doing a gym and he's like, I'm getting a migraine looking at this thing. And I told him, hey, save it and then like turn it off, turn it back on. And that fixed it for a little bit. But Do you know why that is? It's a kind of data leak or a memory leak or whatever. Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a memory leak. So like every so I anytime it's gotten bad for me, I just save and turn it off, which I shouldn't have to do. They actively discourage you from playing the game. <laughs> yeah. So all this to say is that I'm ha it's the same thing I'm doing with Sonic, where it's like, damn it, it, it's the same thing with Cyberpunk. So Sonic I can recommend to people. When Cyberpunk came out, I had a blast with it. Yeah. I loved it. We I was, all did. It was so fun, but I couldn't recommend it to anybody because I know for a fact that other people would be way more upset by this than I was. But that's the difference between Sonic, Cyberpunk, and Pokemon. Sonic and Cyberpunk will actively work to patch those things and fix them. Pokemon will never get a single patch, and 20 years from now, when you buy this game for $80, it'll be the same fucking experience that's happening I'm, today. I Again, this might be me just huffing a hell of copium, but I think just based on how outrageous the outcry is in this one, 
this might be where, where Nintendo like flexes and says, "Hey, this is not good enough." I think Fix it's, it. I think it's clear at this point that we don't need Game Freak to do this. I don't. My thing isn't even Game Freak. It's the fucking. You would have to. You now have to reevaluate your entire strategy with Pokemon. Because for those who don't know, the reason Pokemon's on a yearly schedule is because everything has to coincide with whatever game is coming out. So Scarlet and Violet's coming out now. That means every piece of trading card content, every, the anime, merch coincides. Everything has to align together. So if if Game Freak says we cannot finish this game in time, we have to postpone it. The Pokemon company then has to delay every other piece of content out there, and they are not—they're not, not going to do that. Yep. So there's like, well, tough shit. The game's coming out in November, and that's the worst part of it. Because like, I th- honestly think Game Freak can do it. Because what I have, like, I, I think they could do will- it given the time. And but that's, they're not given the time at all. Case in point: Pokemon Legends Arceus was insanely fun. Flawed, but fun. This game... And Arceus took steps that needed to be there for years at that point. Like, the, I, I've seen a comparison now uh, where it's like the whole sending Pokemon out in Scarlet and Violet, they can just fall off a cliff if you're close enough. In what? Arceus, there's like these platforms that they stand on and the water battles and everything that makes sense. They move to attack, which is nuts. But uh, I don't know. I haven't played it, so I don't have that much. My my thing with 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 Game Freak, honestly, what I would do is give them a shot. Say, look, here's the time and money and budget. We're going to give the Pokemon license out to a couple of the developers to make side games or stuff to kind of pair, like put in between. I think they found the side game company, Bandai Namco. Every time they come out with a Pokemon game, it's fucking fire. It looks way better than anything they've done. Yeah. The best looking Pokemon game to this day is Snap. Yep. Like, even better than Let's Go. Like, of Game Freaks, Let's Go is their best looking one on the Switch. I, I, I desperately want to see Pokemon Tournament 2. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. But my thing is, like, do that. Is the pro- And the problem is that a lot of the money is also being made from mobile games. Because as much as I hate it, the fucking... MOBA is doing great. Pokemon Masters is killing it. Pokemon Go is still thriving. They're making a shit ton there. Go and Masters, I can excuse because Go, you can play completely free. Masters has some of the best story in any Pokemon game ever made for some fucking reason. Apparently, the story for this is actually pretty good. I need to get into it more. That's but good. Just- I I just wish that they would take Masters, make it widescreen, and just put it on the Switch like you do with all your other shitty Pokemon Cafe games. Yeah, but um, I again, they need more time. What honestly, what should have happened is Legends Arceus should have been should have been the game for this year. That should have just been the Pokemon game, and you could have gotten a whole lot more content out of the Sinnoh nostalgia. I mean, they they were selling a hundred dollar box set for Arceus V Max. Yeah. So like, you could have done more of those. Like, have Arceus be like the main Pokemon you do. Honestly, what I would have done is instead of doing a Diamond and Pearl remake, I do a Platinum remake, and then have Legends Arceus, so you have Giratina and Arceus as the two things for two years. Yeah. So you do one year of Giratina and like all this kind of darkness stuff, and ooh, it looks kind of cool and edgy. Then you go Arceus, and it's all light and whatever. And then you do Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet definitely, I feel like if it got another year, at least it would have been like the frame rate and everything performance wise would have been, would have been good. My my biggest thing right now is I'm still wondering if they'll keep the legends 
tag of games going after this. I hope so. I'll, I, actually, no, actually, no, I don't hope so because that's why Scott and Violet's the way it is. They're but already he, they're already small ass development team was split in two. One working on Arceus, one working on. Here's Scarlet what Violet. I propose: get Bandai Namco to make the Legends games. <laughs> See, I like and where keep you, Game Freak on the main series. I like where your head's at. Honestly, I feel like to me, what could have been what would have been really cool is Nintendo, not just Bandai Namco, but have Nintendo get the Legends IP. So like. You can still get the mainline Pokemon Breath of the Wild games. shit in there. Honestly, Monolith, dude, mo- I, they call Monolith to fix everything that they ever have problems with. Look, I'm just saying, I haven't. So I haven't played as much as you have, clearly. But even the amount of bits I've played in Xenoblade Three, it is night and day. How like different? It's insane that they're on the same console. The, <laughs> Monolith is a bunch of wizards. Because Xenoblade, Xenoblade Definitive, it's like, okay, it's a remaster of a Wii game. That makes sense. Speaking of which, Taylor sent me a picture of uh, the Nintendo Store Japan. They have full-size Link statue, by the way. But um, she was like, they have one piece of Xenoblade merch. And it was these, like, card key things. They were, like, acrylic. But it was, like, a pack of them that had um, all the Xenoblade 1 party members on each little Ooh. chain thing. And I was like, damn, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> I, this, we'll get to, I actually have something I want to talk about. We might get to it if we have enough time, but I, I don't know, man. I just think Pokemon, it, it sucks because there's no other game like it. Like, even if you look at Nexamon or Digimon and all this other stuff, it's like, yeah, but it's not Pokemon though. Yeah. Even like the closest thing that I can compare it to as far as like the, uh, the combat and everything goes is Shin Megami Tensei. And Shin Megami Tensei is so far removed from Pokemon thematically that it'll never be able to do the same things that it does. It sucks, too, because because of how much money Pokemon makes is they're going to get tighter deadlines. The most money. Yeah. (laughs) In the world. Like, Pokemon, like... And it sucks because, like, the anime is pretty good. Did you see Ash 1? Yeah, they... uh, He's the champion now. I, I saw a video of someone in the Shibuya scramble and they were panning their camera around and every screen was Ash winning the tournament and I was like this is where we need to be <laughs> but like it I don't know man it sucks cause like I'm enjoying myself like you can craft your own TMs in this game because every time you catch a Pokemon you get like Psyduck hair or whatever like small little things Psyduck hair yeah right Give me a pillow full of Psyduck hair. But, like, you get you get materials where it's like, all right, well, I can, based on the Pokemon I've caught, I have enough Gyarados scales and whatever. Like it's, it's a little fucked up when you think about it. Yeah, you're the one that's cutting off the fucking yeah. Slowpoke tails in this game. Yeah, right? But it's with all this con- with all this stuff, you can make TMs. And, like, you can make powerful TMs with these. I'm wondering if, like, you catch legendaries, can I make the one-hit KO moves? Like, I, I need to know how far that goes. That would be really interesting. Um, Have you seen the concept art for the um, the upcoming, like, Pokemon legendary drops? They're, uh, what do you mean legendary? Like, card or game? Game. Like, for Scarlet, like for and, Violet. Scarlet and Violet. Ooh. They're doing um, no. Paradox versions of Pokemon. So, there's Paradox Suicune. And that Paradox Suicune is a fusion of Suicune, Entei, and Raikou. And they're doing the same thing with Verizon in the other game. Well, because I know, I know the way it works. 
there's a because I think it's based on the this the the game you get. Scarlet, you get past forms of Pokemon, and Violet, you get future forms. Because the one I keep seeing on Twitter is uh, what's Nappy's evolve form, Dawn Nappy. Fan or whatever. Like it's the it's got oh the, uh, Fampy or whatever yeah the Fampy sorry yeah, yeah it's Don Fan okay Don Fan I keep seeing in YouTube thumbnails and Twitter is he looks super prehistoric in one and like honestly terrifying and then his futuristic one is like ugly as sin but it's a robot and I'm like okay so that's the that's like the gimmick for evolutions and they're really fucking cool I didn't know they're doing that for the legendaries I wonder so this makes me wonder is if we are going honestly is if this game is so abysmal. If they take the time and do whatever the mid-ground between Scarlet and Violet is, and actually do the third game, and not just DLC, because that's the thing. If you do DLC and your game's broken still, then it's not going to work. Because my thing is, I I don't want them to do that, because I know what's going to happen is, don't worry guys, we fixed it, now pay us 60 bucks for the fix. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, like it was a bit different when I was playing these games on the DS, and you couldn't just patch in platinum content. Right. Because I will admit, I love Diamond and Pearl, but when I played platinum, I can't fucking go back to Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. Movement's slower, the gameplay is all slow. Like, platinum is the way to go. I don't want them, like, I don't know if I'm going to buy the DLC for this one, honestly. I mean, at least until they fix it. Because it's the same with Cyberpunk, we're like, yeah, I'm buying Phantom Liberty, because now the game's running well, and now it makes sense for them to put DLC. But if you're going to try to sell me a $30 DLC for a game that doesn't run, yeah, like I'm not going to buy it. Like I bought Sword and Shields because I enjoyed so, as much as I as much as like Sword is like eh, it's kind of a seven out of ten game. I enjoyed my time with it, and the DLC was great. I enjoyed my time with it, but I did not finish it because at at one point it's like, well, in several points it's like, all right, you had your open world fun. Go down this hallway for the next ten hours. Yeah. The, the And the, the story of that game, every time something big happens, Leon and all the people say, no, no, you go do your gym challenge. This is for the adults. We'll deal with this shit. And I'm yeah. like, okay. And then finally, because Leon loses, then I get to go do the hero shit. Remake black and white. But no, do it, do don't read. Don't no, 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 no. Remake black and white, but do it good. Give it like five years development Bandai time. Namco remake black and white. Yes, that's what I want. And honestly, like, I, just black and white to me has the best story. Me and Joey the other night were just like texting back and forth about this hypothetical game that we thought up, the Koei Tecmo Pokemon Warriors idea. Just go back in time and do like the old school like wars that happened. Yeah, I mean they have Conquest. Just take everything from Conquest and make it a Muso game. I actually really want to play Conquest. That seems like a fun game. It it looks pretty cool. Um, you can. I think it's actually pretty cheap. The last time I saw it at GameStop, it was only like 15 bucks because it's not mainline. I'm going to check Amazon. Well, you uh, you probably don't even need to. Just bring me that 3DS finally and yeah. I'll... <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, this is kind of the same topic, but I did want to mention this because it, it pertains to Xenoblade 3 and other games. I... I don't know what it is, but I'm not vibing with JRPGs much anymore. And I don't... I think it's the length. Because I tried playing Live Alive, and I got far, but I was like... There was a point where I just stopped. Same with Triangle Strategy. I mean, that's the landscape that we're in. Like, 
any game that takes up so much of your time is going to be less appealing because there's 15 other games that come out the exact same day. <laughs> it, but it's like it's different because it's it's I, it can't be length because like I could fuck up a Western RPG. When I played Cyberpunk, I was all in. I think it's engagement is the thing because there's so many points in RPGs where it's like. Okay, I have to do this battle. Click A, click A, click A. Because even even one thing like I love Xenoblade One and in Torna, but even those had moments where I'm like, All right, fuck, okay. And you go through, whereas I feel like I don't have to deal with that in Western RPGs. Yeah. Like when I anytime I've gone and replayed Skyrim, I can lose myself sixty hours in, and not feel tired. The only reason I'll stop is I'm like, fuck, I neglected like three other games. I should probably try those out. Pokemon's one where I'm like, I could get this done in 40 hours. That's fine. Like, yeah. most people are like 25 in and are like, I'm almost about, I'm almost the eighth gym badge. And then whatever, like, final lore shit they have to throw at me. And I'm like, all right, cool. I can do that. That's no problem. Yeah, that's the, that's the nice thing about Pokemon. You pick a team and you stick with it and you're done with the game pretty quick. But then, like, Live Alive is long. Triangle strategy is fucking long. Xenoblade 3 is fucking long. Live Alive makes sense because it was an SNES RPG, so that that checks out. I feel like Live Alive might be different, though, because I will say that one is because I could do it in sections of, like, the time period. That's true. You can But Triangle strategy, which I fucking love, I just stopped playing. I, like, I, I also got, I got kind of burnt out. And then, like, I have Persona 5 on my Xbox through Game Pass, and I bought it on my Switch. I'm not fucking playing it. Guess what's on sale on Steam Deck? Persona 5? Yeah. And 4? Well, I already bought 4. Oh, you're fine. I bought 4 at full price because it was 20 bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. Like, there's no way for me not to not justify that. I think they're going to bundle 3 and 4 physically when they come out. And, Probably. And digitally, they'll be separate, but... Give me that fucking collector's edition of 3 and 4. Do what you do with Bayonetta, which give me cases for each one. Yes. Um, that's another one. I beat Bayonetta. Again, super easy, chill. I could just run through it. No problem. Can't wait to play that. I asked for that for Christmas before I asked for anything else. That one's gonna be fun because I can't wait for you to see what the 9-11 of gays is. Oh, God. I mean, all it is is she's, she just apparently isn't into women. Oh. I guess. There's a, there's a point. there's a lot of opportunities for self-cest in this game, and self-cest is not gay in the real world, so. Well, even then, not, not a thing. No, the thing, the thing that gets me is there's a point where you meet a multiverse Bayonetta, and her Bayonetta and Jean are, like, close. And you're sitting there going, oh, they fucking. There's no, you cannot tell me otherwise. And then you go to the Codex, and it says their sisterly bond. I'm like, fuck you! God, why? why? Like, I bet, that's, I bet that's localization shit. No, it's Japanese, too. Okay, apparently, well, then it's Nintendo's influence. No, no, this is apparently fucking Kamiya and his team, because they have a new team of writers for this game than they did for 2 and 1. Which, granted, each Bayonetta game has had a different team of writers. I would not... And based on the crew who's working on 2, it was very clear they wanted Jean and Bayo together. Because, yeah. like, a lot, of the, a lot of the side stuff's, like, one of the character writers or character designers was drawing up mock-up stuff, like, what he figured. They acted, like, afterward, and they, they lived together. Jean's a drunk wine aunt type situation. Bayo works as a nun. Jean works as a teacher. Like, they're, they're, li- they're living together. It's like very clear. There, that's that. Bayonetta could never be a nun. <laughs> well, just was, well, remember she. Remember that's her. That's her like get up in the first game is then the nun outfit and shit. Yeah. She's so she's apparently a nun as her cover. She's fucking causing sin every day. <laughs> oh, well, and that's another thing. Do you know Kamiya said she's a virgin? 
No. He straight up... And now, this was... You, a, don't, you don't get to do it, those style attacks and be a virgin. No, no, that's the thing. This was before Bayo 2. But when Bayo 1 came out, that was Kami's thing was, oh, yeah, she's a virgin. And I'm like... Come on. So I so this is why this is why I've been like I can't trust what any of you say. Yeah. Because Kamiya says she's a virgin. The character designer says, nah, they fucking. And then the games go, but they're not though. And then the games also go, she fucking whips people and knows how to step on people and has many, many, many BDSM instruments that she uses every single day. But then it and that's the thing too, is that like Bayonetta 2 is like my thing with it is because Bayonetta 3 is multiverse shit right uh-huh. you could have easily just canonized Bayo 2 and Jean from that can- from that universe and just been see canon and then also had your 1 in 3 where she's not into Jean I guess yeah like to me it's the easiest miss and then and then now they're teasing Bayo 4 Kamiya already said that oh yeah Bayo 4 is coming out can't wait to play that and 30 years. Do you know, you know what he said? Because people are upset by the ending. He goes, well, I guess y'all didn't understand my vision. And I'm like, God, I fucking hate you. Yeah. But yeah, no, anyway, like, I I don't know. I, JRPGs have just been slowly, like, losing me. I'm very worried how I'm going to feel with, because uh, Crisis Core is long, too. I love Crisis Core, but am I going to be able to, like, sit through it? Same with 16. But Crisis Core has more engagement than your standard RPG. Yeah, and I think that's gonna keep you drawn in. Cause I know, same with sixteen. I, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna like it cause of the action combat, but I don't know about that. And then remake is interesting because they're very short. They're like forty hours, so I can, I can do that easy. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Once you start getting to the sixty plus hour mark, I start losing it. Cause I'm like, all right, how much longer? Whereas an action game like Yakuza, I can lose my life to. Cause like th- those games, like if I <coughs> if I want to streamline it, it's 30, 40 hours. Yeah. But if I want to do goofy ass side quests, like I did in Zero, hundred plus. But then like Xenoblade, like even we were playing Xenoblade One together, and I stopped and dropped off. It's the same shit happened. Another game came out, and I was like, yeah, I'll go back to Xenoblade, boot it up again. I'm like, it's also got to be with how often you're you're working because I'll all my days off, I'll just lay in bed and play a game for 15 hours because I'm a fat piece of shit. Well, and my, my really, my only days off are usually Tuesdays and Thursdays and Tuesdays I dedicate to these. We do this. Yeah. And so like, and granted I have all till like four, but still like I'm the type where like, I want to dedicate time to something. Yeah. And I'll usually sleep in. So I'm like, fuck, I gotta go. And then Thursdays, if I'm not cleaning or doing other things like laundry, whatever, then it's like, okay, then I'll play. But like that, like, you know, two couple hours I have every night to play a game. It's like, I don't want to just dedicate this to an R- a long ass RPG. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause like I, from what I've played, I got to chapter two of Xenoblade three. That's where I stopped. And from what I've played, I'm like, yo, I can see why this is game of the year. I'm not even to the shit where you were going like, yo, what the fuck moments. Yeah. And that chapter specifically is going to take a lot of time. Just because of the cutscenes. Yeah, and so like that's just that's just kind of my thing with it. I was like, I need I don't know, man. Like I, I just I think it's just because of how busy I am. Maybe it's just I'm growing out of it. I don't know. But like the long ass Jerry like when Persona 6 drops, I'm honestly gonna get like, oh great. Cause I know I'm gonna try to beat it. What you should do is get a Steam Deck <laughs> and then get Persona 6 because it's gonna be so much easier for you to play. I mean it's gonna be on my Switch probably too. Well, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? And then take that to work with you. 
I don't. Well, I don't have a time to play it at work, unlike you. True. I have to. I have to be focused and roll burritos for to, six hours. I went to work uh, yesterday, and I walked in, and we had 19 arrivals. I was doing jack shit all night. It was great. Hell yeah. But anyway, I think that's all we got for the day. Uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of fun for this one. This was a good one because uh, this is this bringing back some nostalgia feelings of just you and me chilling in my room, just like with dinky ass, like holding the microphone yeah. with no pop filter. This this is brought back, so I'm I'm glad we got to do this one. But Matt, we miss you. We need you back. Yeah, definitely come back soon. But uh, bring us you- back some red jeans from Zion. Yeah, no, we, we, dude. I need you to longboard back into my life, Matt. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, and as always, take it sleazy.